Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 35. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you love old cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun. Over 60 color photographs of vintage cars, plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button on the homepage, download your free Filler Up book today on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am extremely excited to introduce my special guest today, Vincent Matei. Vincent, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am, Mark. Thank you for calling in. Absolutely. It's great to have you here. Vincent is the president of Swixtill, and after spending 15 years focusing on the cultural and business operations in the Asia-Pacific marketplace, he set out on a new adventure. Six years ago, Vincent relaunched Swixtill, a well-known clothing brand in Argentina during the 40s and 50s that tailored high-quality gentlemen's suits and racewear. Swixtil was worn by the famous Argentinian racers known as the Armada team. The drivers included Fangio, Campos, Gonzalez, and Merriman, who all wore Swixtil to victory. Vincent has brought this brand back to life, along with its history and focus on high quality for those who want to enjoy the best that life has to offer. So, Vincent, I've told our listeners a little bit about you, so please take a moment and share some more about your history, your business, your interests, and, of course, your passion for automobiles. Sure, it'll be a pleasure. Uh, first thing I'd like to add on to the, uh, the introduction of Swixtel is uh, that beyond the Argentinian Armada, the, the Swixtel uniforms ended up being worn by all the great champions from the period. And I guess it was in part because the clothing was made for races, and in part because the Argentinians who first brought it over were so successful and also so much fun to hang out with that everybody wanted to emulate them in some respect, and that's why we ended up being uh, very universal at the track in the 50s and 60s, and we got great champions from almost any nationality you can think of, including Americans, sporting the brand, and um, that was... Part of the attraction for us was that universal character that it had and the opportunity to bring back something that was so representative of a time period when racing was also the embodiment of the, the, the animal spirit that drives men to do crazy things and that we thought had somehow uh, disappeared in today's environment. I've seen uh, historic photographs of the likes of Moss and and many others wearing that clothing. So that's spectacular. Vincent, as we start this journey here, I, we always start with a success quote. I'd like to have you share your success quote with our listeners, something that was instrumental in forming your success. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Vincent, take the wheel. All right. Uh, well, we, I, I don't really have a, a success quote per se. In the, I mean, to the extent that I feel... Uh, there is no, you know, success is not like a uh, a stage that you reach. It's more like an ongoing thing. And I feel that we, we keep on working at it all the time. And I, the, the thing that drives me is really the uh, 
I'm not sure who said this, but the the saying that life is really like a track. There are no shortcuts, and uh, and I take that very personally because you know every day I realize we have to go through the motions and you know we have to put it in and and fill up that tank to get it going. Does that work? Oh yes, absolutely. And perhaps you can share a little bit more about how you incorporate that success quote into your business. Now that you've brought this uh, wonderful brand back to life, could you talk a little bit more about how you came up with the idea and the process? How does somebody take a brand that existed once that was so famous and kind of died away and come up with even the idea to, let's do this again? Well, the idea was, uh, you know, you I guess we all go through this, but we have these careers that drive us more than we drive them. And, uh, and up to a point when you start you know, thinking, hey, am I going to have regrets at some point or another? And at that juncture, I guess you look back and you think, well, this is what I've done so far. And uh, and is this what I want to keep on doing? Or are there other things around? I had a, I have had a very long uh, passion for automobiles, uh, going all the way back to my grandfather, who used to take me to secret journeys to auto museums. Uh, because my dad, who was a doctor, had a, a saint hatred for um, cars because he was called normally late at night uh, to take care of uh, people that had terrible accidents, you know, after drinking or stuff like that. So um, my grandfather, who, who had always had a great love for cars and had driven Bugattis with his brothers and all this, would take me to these places and we would come back from these trips with big smiles on our face, and it was our little secret thing. And, uh, and so that stayed with me. And uh, when, you know, when the opportunity came along, it, it happened because, you know, looking through books uh, from the period, books like American Racing and things like this, you'd find all these great pictures that, that showed a spirit and, and an energy, and all these pictures you'd see Swigstill. And so there we started thinking, well, you know, what is that? And looking it up, we had friends who, who did all the digging out. And when they came up with the concept, we thought, well, you know, that, that'd be really interesting. And, uh, and so we built a business plan around what could be done with this. And, of course, it proved to be wrong the moment we printed it because uh, we launched in 2008 at the height of the financial crisis. And, of course, then nobody was sort of waiting for the new thing, though we didn't think of ourselves as a new thing. But, again, you know, we, we stayed the course and, and remained undeterred. And it's, it's been a lot of hard work, a lot of uh, ups and downs, but it's been a lot of fun, too. And uh, the best part of it all has been uh, all the people we've been able to meet through this adventure. And, uh, and you know, again, the... The, the, the emotions that the brand generates. And I'm sure you don't get much of this when you walk out of uh, any, you know, clothing store today. But, you know, when we're at an event and we get to talk to people and we've had some incredible experiences of people coming to us and saying, but, you know, I have a picture of Sterling with me wearing that shirt. And you go, oh, wow, tell me, yeah. you know. And it's great because, you know, these people travel back 50, 50 years in the blink of an eye, and Sterling has been great for that too, and, and the other people we've been able to connect with, uh, the former racers, uh, have been great as well, because every time you bring it back, you can see the memories flooding back, and it feels like uh, justification right there. 
Oh, absolutely. And I love a lot of things about your story right there. One is being uh, sneaking off to see cars uh, with a family member, uh, unbeknownst to your father, and can certainly understand his concerns about vehicles, being a doctor. And then taking the spirit of a brand and bringing it back, and especially during the height of uh, the recent uh, worldwide economic recessions that we've had to struggle through, is absolutely wonderful. And the first time I encountered your brand was at the races, the historic races, and I walked up and went, where have I seen this before? I, I scratched my head and I was thinking and talking with one of your representatives. It all came flooding back and I ran back and looked through some of my old pictures that were taken by uh, some famous photographers and went, there it is, there it is. How, how spectacular. So I think what you're doing is, is really great and especially fun for those of us who are into racing. And I love the way that you're bringing back the spirit and also the part of regenerating your life, coming to a point in life where you're saying, there must be something more here. Um, I'm a lot in the same boat with you there, Vincent, with this new venture with Cars Yeah. So uh, we're alongside uh, each other on this wonderful journey of life. Well, I think, uh, and, and it's not just us, I think a lot of people are trying to find something that's, you know, that's connecting you to something meaningful. And again, racing in, in the 50s and 60s was meaning by definition. At the same time as because it was so charged with, with meaning, it became, it became cool without even trying. You know, and again, I, I keep being drawn back to this, the right stuff, the, the great book from Tom Wolfe, and how well it's portrayed uh, the animal spirit of people from the time who were doing things that were just crazy. You know, that anecdote from, uh, I think it was uh, Chuck Yeager, Mm. Who, who was derided by his uh, companions who said, you know, these other guys are going to fly to the moon. Then they fly the monkey first and everybody's making fun of the astronauts. And I think it was Jaeger who said, yeah, but you see, the monkey doesn't know he's sitting on a bomb. <laughs> you know, and, and the races were the same exact thing. Is The chances they took, and considering the rewards and all of this, the absence of reward rather, made it all the more spectacular is that it really was a challenge against yourself not not everything else faded in comparison and i love that you know and i think we're all looking for what it is that we can do in today's day and age uh to gain that level of control and and assurance with our own lives and i think that's what we present you know i mean that's what we're trying to represent i think you're doing a great job that's wonderful thank you Mark. Could you share with us a story that instigated your passion for cars? Tell us about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy. You mean aside from uh, aside from my my uh, grandfather and, and all this? Well, I, I'll give you another example. Is um, um, Sybil and I? Sybil's my wife. We we were looking for uh, where we were going to travel the next summer, and we weren't married then, and so. Uh, we were having this discussion and he was sort of uh, coming to a list and the list was growing bigger of all the places we wanted to see. So uh, she's 26 at the time and I'm 27 and we agree that this is not going to work on a, on a you know two weeks vacation program thing and we've got to do something bigger out of it. So we agreed that we were going to you know, sell everything and and start off on a journey. And uh, because it sounded like a great journey, we'd call, we would call it a honeymoon. And we started by driving nine months across Africa. Uh, we bought a strange rover from 1984, and 
sort of did it up a little bit and uh, and took it across to start in Senegal and then in Mauritania the alternator seized up and it's 40 degrees C outside and that's when you realize that this is going to have to work because mm -hmm. you're in the middle of absolutely nowhere and there is nobody you can call and this is you and, and the car and now you really have to make it work and that's when I realized that hey this is this has a taste of life that you've never tasted before and uh, we you know the car stayed with us and I sort of uh, we called it Victor back then because uh, he had a connection to victory somehow somehow <laughs> absolutely a connection to victory uh, making it to Africa uh, it took us nine months where we had a, it was an absolute blast and um, and yes I guess we came out on the other side of the continent thinking you know cars and us we have a you know we have a special way Wow what a wonderful story and what a what a wonderful adventure in life that's spectacular well we had uh, yeah and it continued after that we we hopped and and uh, traveled around Asia and then we did the same thing in Australia though Australia is probably a lot less adventurous but we drove another 7,000 kilometers around Australia. Wow. Uh, the Datsun hatchback, and that was, yeah, that was some fun too. Sounds like it. So, Vincent, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and, and really crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty. That's appropriate with the story you just told us driving across Africa. Right. Would you share with us a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced that really pushed you to a breaking point and more importantly, how did you overcome that, and what did you learn from the experience? Well, we had uh, we had a tremendous challenge uh, with Swixtail about three years ago when the friend who had done all the research and the discovery about the brand decided that we weren't going in the same direction they wanted to go, and and we faced that challenge then of, well, how are we gonna you know how are we gonna reconcile this, or can it be reconciled? And we agreed that he wasn't gonna be able to be reconciled and we had to part ways and at that point we realized that uh, on our own we weren't going to be able to pull through and that's when we realized also that the, the the strength of one one strength is always the friends that he has and he can and he can develop and maintain and so we were very proud and happy to be able to count on our friends to help us pick up the stakes of, uh, of our other friends so that we can continue with the adventure. And, uh, and that was a lesson to us and an humbling one too, is that, you know, for all the hard work we'd put in, at that point in time, hadn't we had friends with us, we wouldn't have been able to continue. Wonderful. Vincent, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum and share a story when you had an aha moment about your business, that time when you realized that your idea or concept was really going to make it, and this could really be something. Tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Well, you know, every day is sort of an aha moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, That's called life. It's, uh, it's um, because I, I still have, and we, I guess, as an organization, we still have so many things that we want to bring forward and that we think will help us consolidate the base but again, you know, having uh, having feedback from people like Sterling Moss telling us, you know, this is good, and having people, you know, people like uh, André Simon and and uh, and Fran Gonzalez, whom you mentioned before, say we like what you do, and unfortunately, uh, you know, both have passed away now. But having been able to connect with people like this and and get their 
sort of endorsement of the effort and the nature of it was really a comfort for us. Then again, it's only one side of the equation, and and um, you don't get a sense that you will really make it until you know you meet with the audience at places like Pebble Beach or Goodwood Revival or you know the more classic, and see the fervor of the reaction that you get from people and how well it connects with uh, the experiences that a lot of people who've been around or. Uh, who are looking for, longing for something like this, how, it, how well it connects with them. And, you know, again, how quickly we get past the closing about, and we get into stories. And I love that part, you know, how, how we all have these great stories of, you know, who was the greatest sportsman of them all, and that kind of thing. In places like uh, Scottsdale earlier this year, we had this conversation with lots of people who were telling us about Rush. I couldn't help but tell people, look, I mean, Rush is a great movie, but it's not really friendly people that you that you're meeting, and and in fact, it's been drawn like this for a, spe- a special purpose. But I was trying to put that in in contrast with, you know, what a real sportsman is, and you take uh, the World Championship in 1958 and Porto, and Sterling Moss giving away his World Championship without even second guessing it, because it's the right thing to do, you know, and he's he's got. He's got it all stitched up, but he gives away seven points to Mike Hawthorne, who's been disqualified before, and says, you know, you've got to give him the points because I would have done the same thing in his place, and thereby he loses the world championship two races further down, and he never calculated it. He never thought about it twice because it was the right thing to do. I guess, you know, this, this spirit is what has gotten lost once uh, you've introduced vast amounts of sponsorship money and all the rest of it, I guess. You know, again, and that's what we, that's the attraction for us, is that that behavior that, you know, that you could never call to a fault. Wonderful story. Let's have a little fun here, Vincent. What was your first car? And can you tell us maybe a, a fun adventure or memory you have of that? Oh, my first car. My first car was a Ford Taunus. Um... He was uh, on the verge of being a wreck at all times. <laughs> I actually bought it for a leather jacket from a friend of mine. Um, tell you about how much of a car it was. That was one heck of a jacket. Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't one heck of a jacket. It was yeah, one hell of a car. <laughs> and, uh, I spent both times fixing it because there was always something broken with it. Wouldn't start in the winter. Wouldn't start in the summer. Wouldn't, it, it was very temperam- temperamental. And uh, But I had a lot of fun with it. Did a lot of driving, including for work. I was uh, working in public accounting back then. And um, when people saw me driving on the parking lot, they always wondered what the hell happened. <laughs> but hey, uh, it, was a, it was a fun car, and it stayed with me for a while. I don't particularly regret losing it after a while because it was just, it needed to go. You know, it had, it had served all its purposes and quite beyond that as well. So, uh, but it was a fun car. Yeah, it was, it was time. Well, talking about letting things go, a little bit about seller's remorse. Is there a car that you had in your past that you sold that you really wish you had back? Well, you know, again, the car that we took across Africa certainly had a lot of sentimental value for us, even though it was the wrong car uh, to do that journey. Um, we did have a lot of regret letting it go, but, you know, again, our journey had to continue, and it was always a plan that, you know, come to Kenya... We would get rid of uh, we would get rid of the car, and uh, it was very hard for us to do. But it was one of these that we had to do. <laughs> Wonderful memories for sure. 
Range Rover, when we when we finished the trip, it was always leaning on the left hand side, mm -hmm. and, and that's despite me changing the springs in uh, in uh, Nigeria in unbelievable heat. And the moment I finished changing the fourth spring, the car just leans back on the left hand side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. This is not, this is just not happening. Just the uh, way it wanted to go. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we had a good drive with it. Uh, sounds like it. Is there a current project that you're working on right now that really has you fired up and excited? In terms of, uh, you mean like a car project? Oh, well, car or business. Oh, because business, it's, I mean, Swixtel is, uh, yeah, it's a high-octane thing. And I'm, I'm always fired up about it because of all the things we want to do with it. And uh, there are uh, many facets of the business or, or the venture rather than just the business side of it that we'd like to bring forward and it just takes us getting to scale first and it's damning because you want it so bad and you have to wait for it you know what i mean mm -hmm. almost like uh like it's children's dream that you just think oh it's so close and yet yes. i have to go on it for a little longer but we've got some very very exciting plans about it yes well, that's wonderful. I think uh, clothing brands, if you think of some of the great clothing brands and you read stories about them, uh, very similar. Always on that cusp and then finally that breakthrough. So uh, uh, keep fighting. I have a feeling, hearing your spirit, that that's not a problem for you. Well, we've been doing it for six years now, so hopefully it won't be. Congratulations. If you were a car, Vincent, what car would you be and why? Uh, oh, that's an interesting. That's an interesting question. You know, I'd like to be one of any of Fangio's car that he's taken to a world championship, just to know what it is to go beyond your limit so hard. Mm. You know, and uh, I can think of you know the the Mercedes that he's taken there, the 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 two fifty F at Nurburgring fifty seven you know any one of these just to think about what it is to be taken so far beyond your limit by a guy who knows exactly what he does so to me that'd be you know that'd be great that'd be a great feeling I love that answer that's great taken to the limits by a guy who knows what he's doing that's great so Vincent this is a fun part of our talk I call it the last lap and this is where I fire off a series of questions. And you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready to go? I'll try. Okay. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Take it to the limit one more time, but that's not for me. That's from the Eagles. <laughs> well, that's okay. You can uh, you can take that, that plan along with you wherever you go. If that works. Yeah, exactly. Well, they also done, uh, yeah, my Maserati goes 185, but uh, what's the next line? Lost my license. Now, now I, can't, I can't drive. That's right. <laughs> That's maybe not so good advice. You know? uh, maybe not. Especially uh, we talked about your teenage son. You don't want to be sharing those ideas with him. No, oh, I don't know. Could you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success? I'd like to think that it's because I sleep so little, but I, it can't be right. You know, it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a lot of coffee helps, but I guess a lot of people have that habit, and that's made uh, Starbucks quite a success. It has. You know, my son and I had a conversation the other night. He said, wouldn't it be great if you only had to sleep two hours? Think how much you could get done. It's a never-growing never game of uh, anticipation. So, you know, the less you sleep, the more you get done, the more you have to get done. Yep. Do you have a resource that you could share with our listeners that you're really fond of? Maybe it's a website or a supplier or somebody. 
Oh, I, I uh, use lots of uh, websites and I find them great. Um, MMR is a great resource for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a motorsport marketing directory or resource directory. Uh, MMR, yeah. By the way, Peter said to say hello. Oh, he did? Oh, well, here you go now. Yep. And he's a great friend, too. Uh, yeah. And he's a really uh, very passionate guy as well, and he puts a lot of heart into what he does. And I love the outcomes. And the newsletters always get me to chuckle. Once a week, I know I'm going to get a chuckle out of it. Well, he's going to be on our show soon. Please? Yeah. Great. You know, please pass my regards to him. Uh, we step on regular intervals. Uh, but that's one great uh, directory for me. And other than this, I I, um, I receive a lot of newsletters, and I yes, the uh, Sports Car Digest one is also very good and very informative, and they usually come up with great galleries of pictures as well. Great. Okay. Vincent, would you share a book with our listeners that you recently read that you really enjoyed? Um, a car-related book, I guess. Uh, the last one that made a good impression was, or great impression, was uh, The Art of Racing in the Rain. Oh, by Garstein. Yeah, that was that was really wonderful, and you know, again, I know it's a little mellow and over dramatic and all this, but I thought it was really well done. Yeah, and I didn't mind being played uh, the whole length of the book. That worked really well. I thought so too. Yeah, it's great. I'm trying to get Garth on the show. So, Garth, if you're listening, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find all these resources at carsyad.com/slash Vincent Matei, and Vincent's last name is. Very unique, M-A-T-A-I-S. So just look that up at carsyad.com. So, Vincent, now we're getting up to the checkered flag. And this last question can sometimes be a challenge for people. I like to call it a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, something that you couldn't sell to buy other cars with, and money was no object, what would that car be? But more importantly, why did you choose it? Um... That's, um, yeah, I'd go for, sorry, um, I'd go for Maserati 250F that Fancio drove at uh, the ring in 57. Mm. That's because he was such a legendary race. You know, the fact that he, you know, he has a rotten pit stop and then he beats lap, uh, lap record after lap record. Because, again, that that is more than a car. This is, uh, you know, this is the car that took him to his fifth world championship, uh, over odds that were unbeatable, and it's just to me it becomes a, a testament almost, you know, a testament to a man's talent taken well beyond its limits. And I, I love the whole way it's, it, it couldn't be done, and it's just been done. Sure, you know? yeah, that's a wonderful car. That would be spectacular to have, wouldn't it? Then, so before we end, I wanted to give you a chance to talk a little bit more about the brand Swixtil and some of the products and things that you're bringing back to life. Because if any of our listeners out there haven't found you yet, and we'll be talking about how to find you in a minute, I'd like you to, you have so much passion for what you're doing, maybe share with us a little bit about some of the products and things. Because when I walked up to your booth in Monterey last year, and I'd seen your brand before that, but I hadn't actually touched the products. And once I got them in my hands, it was so exciting because I went, ah, oh, yes, this isn't just slapping an old logo on some, some stuff. This is real. Could you share a little bit more with our listeners about that? It certainly has been a, you know, again, going back to that old saying, there are no shortcuts. 
uh, we thought it'd be a disservice to what we were trying to do to just yeah slap an old logo on some poorly uh, poor threads. It'd be it, you know it'd be a short term expedient, but it wouldn't carry us over the longer run. And we we think we want to be in there for the long run, and there are no shortcuts, so we might as well just do it. The only way that's right is the right way. Um, so we've been very particular about quality. We've been uh, we've been trying to use just the finest uh, materials and and use exacting quality standards to make sure that it meets people's expectations. Especially as because of the scale of what we do is fairly small, uh, we're going to be priced in a, in the upper range of people's expectations, and so we we think it has to be fitting. Uh, and great quality materials, and and come out looking nice, so that people appreciate that it's a it is a long term effort, and uh, and we wouldn't want to disappoint them. I hope that you find that when you you know when you look up the uh, the clothing, and and when you meet us, we we hope that you certainly will be convinced by that side of the effort as well. I think they will be. What I want to make sure to let all the listeners know is we'll be posting the Swixtel website on the show notes page for this interview that we're having here today so that you can find Swixtil, experience a bit of history and a bit of passion that Vincent has shared with us today. Vincent, you've taken us on a great ride, and I've really enjoyed your stories. It's been great to meet you. You're actually the first guest on Cars, yeah, who's calling in from overseas. I think you're in Belgium today. Is that right? I'm in uh, Belgium today and will be in France at the end of the week and, you know, Going to Germany a week from now for classic days and then coming over for race week in uh, middle of August. So right. I look forward to that as well. Yes, and any of you who are going to be at the Monterey Historics and Pebble Beach Concours and all the car fun, make sure you stop by. I think you'll have many booths set up there, won't you? We'll, we'll be in a few places indeed. We'll be in um, at the prehistoric in the bottom stand, we'll be at Automobilia, and then we'll be at the Retro Auto uh, part of the Concours, yes. Perfect. So uh, at least three places uh, during race week, and we look forward to meeting as many passionate people as we can. Of course. Well, I'll be there to uh, shake your hand and say hello in person. Vincent, uh, thanks for taking us on a great ride today. I really enjoyed hearing about how you brought back the Swixtel name. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. Please give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in Fangio's old race car and let our listeners know what's the best way for them to find out more about you and your brand, and then we'll say goodbye. Uh, the best way would probably be to take a tour down on, his, on our historic picture gallery and then take a look also at the Escuderia Gallery, which is the team that we've reconstructed from people who enjoy the nature of our effort and the enthusiasm that we've put into it. And I think I'll probably give them a taste of um, what we're trying to build back and how they can be a part of it. And we look forward to meeting them there on the website or at any of the events that we attend. Uh, and, and again, thanks uh, to you, Mark, for bringing us in contact with us all of your listeners. Oh, it's been a pleasure. And if you can give our listeners one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset. You know, write it like you stole it. (laughs) There you go. It's uh, write it like you own it. There you go. Even better. Even better. Listeners, you can find links to everything that Vincent has shared with us today at carsyad.com slash Vincent. 
just go to his show notes page. We'll put links to everything up there, including the Swixtil website. And Vincent, I want to thank you for being so generous today with your time and, and calling in from overseas and your expertise. I know if you fought a lot of traffic to get to this phone call, so thank you for that. Till we talk again, we'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark, and thank you for the opportunity. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!